friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. so excited that we get to have this time together and get to connect. And for those that are listening, I'm here with Barb's Vega. And thank you so much for being here, Barb's. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So what's super fun is we met through like the dance team world. And so you are currently the assistant dance director at Tomball Memorial High School, right? Correct. Correct. Yes. And what's very sweet is you guys let us borrow curtains for a spring show. This was a couple of years ago, I think. But <laughs> I remember that. Yes. <laughs> it was such a gift. So y'all will forever be like of in a course. really sweet Happy place. In my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So anyways, I'm excited to hear more about your background, but you, do you want to yeah. just give us like intro to who you are and then we'll kind of dive in? Sure. So I... Really, when I started, like, my dance career was more California. So I moved to California when I was 10, going into fifth grade, I believe. And that's when I kind of, like, things picked up for me for dance. And they're very competitive. And then I did – I went to high school there for two years. Okay. And it was a Palm Squad. I think it was, like, 18 of us, maybe less. And they were really competitive. But then we – I moved to Texas. I want to say – it was halfway through my – high school. I think it was junior year. And I joined drill team late junior year. I was drill team was just so new to me. I've never heard of it. I had, I mean, boots and hats was just Mm -hmm. so strange to me. And I ended up falling in love with it. Really. It was my director that kind of turned things around for me. And then she did rangerettes. I wasn't actually, I didn't even know Again, I came in late, and so she was a rangerette, and I kind of just wanted to do everything she did, and she was a rangerette. So I ended up trying out. I made it, loved it, yeah. and then I went to A&M, and like throughout A&M, I was with crowd pleasers, and then now I actually did marketing after A&M cool. for just a brief second which it all kind of makes sense. We'll talk about it later, but it yes. all kind of makes sense <laughs> as to why I did marketing, and then I just love dance. So I came back. That's so cool. So I was at Dickinson for like eight weeks, Okay, which is crazy. Well, it was just one brief semester, but COVID hit. Oh, that's true. So I was there for eight weeks and those were like the most formative eight weeks of my life. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit and then I went to Tumble Memorial and now I'm there. That's so cool. Oh, man, so, yeah. It's like amazing. Just the journey. And yeah, maybe... Do you want to go back now and just share a little bit about, so you actually were born and grew up in Mexico, right? Yes. And then moved here, like you said, to California yes. actually, but moved to the U.S. So what was that experience like for you? I always tell everyone that I feel like I have like five different lives. Yeah. <laughs> like this is like my fifth life <laughs> because it's just the culture is so different, even in yeah. California and in Mexico. And I mean, even like the language and the even dancing, it's mm-hmm. just so, so different. That's what true. the dancing is here and yeah. there, you know, I just, I could have seen my life go completely different had I not moved. Mm, so it's really cool point. how God kind of transformed everything. So I'd be here with you today. Yes, <laughs> that's so true. Definitely all the dots connected and, connected, yes, <laughs> and he yes. has a purpose and all of those things, which I is know. super cool. <laughs> yeah. So 
you shared kind of your dance story. I'm curious to hear sort of your faith journey as well, because that will tie in later as we start to talk about um, something that you're working on, which I'll go ahead and plug right now just in case people aren't <laughs> listening to the end, but you should, <laughs> is um, that you have been working on a retreat for yes. dance teachers, dance directors called Behold, yes. and super excited to get into that. But it's basically like combining that love of your faith and dance and bringing that offering, I guess, to the dance team world, which is super cool. So yeah, anyway, that's a little little highlight or yes. a, what do you call it? A yes. little preview. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Well, I wish you had all day because I could go on for hours about this story. (laughs) But basically, I grew up in a very faithful family, Mm -hmm. you know, super Christians. And, you know, they were making me do all these things that a kid doesn't want to go to on Wednesdays and all the (laughs) Sunday church that your mom kind of drags you to. Exactly. And then in California, I felt like it was very, um, I mean, that just like wasn't the culture. Like I was the weird girl going to church and I was the, and so I kind of just kind of lost track there Mm -hmm. and the people I was hanging out with and it kind of even transitioned into high school. I was a party girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so anyway, things just kind of took a turn and, you know, I just kind of, I was lukewarm, I would say, which is Mm -hmm. probably the worst thing you can be. Mm -hmm. It's like, not good or bad. You're just kind of one foot in, one foot out, you know? Yeah. And so that was kind of college too. And it wasn't until the last semester of college, I knew a girl from drill team, actually. Um, She very much invested in our friendship and she invited me to her Bible study. And in her Bible study, it was very, she was so patient. God bless her. Um, I'm still really good friends with her, Uh, but she was so patient because it was just very surfaced, honestly, like just she was meeting me where I was at totally. And so Mm -hmm. she ended up inviting me to a conference. And at this conference, I was just, I think I was really shocked that there were people that were normal and just being so faithful and on fire for the Lord. Mm -hmm. I think that was like my first impression of the conference. I was just like, Oh, these people are cool. They're having fun and they're doing holy things. And, and so I remember listening to different talks and I mean, the talks were just, and it's not necessarily the speaker. It was, I felt like very much the Holy Spirit, just everything I needed to hear was, I mean, just speaking truth to me. And so like, I remember the last night I had a beautiful prayer experience of like, it must've been supernatural peace. Like, I can't really explain it otherwise. I was, it just felt right. And I remember thinking, I don't know what this is, but this is good. And I know he's close. Mm-hmm. I just remember it like pivotal moment in my life. Yeah. And then you could really like day, feel his presence there. Yes, and like, yeah, yes. that piece. That's so cool. Yes. It was just, it must've been supernatural. And mm-hmm. I, and I, I even explaining it to you, it doesn't do it justice. Yeah. Like I wish I could go back to that. And so that next day I would say is the, this is what I'm really big on. It's instead of experience making it a conversion. Mm. And so the last day there was one last talk and there was this big speaker. And so for this conference, you like go into different sessions. Mm -hmm. And I remember going, I wanted to go to the session that was this big speaker. It was the biggest room and it got full so fast. And so I wasn't able to make it. And I got pushed to go to this speaker that was like their first time speaking. I could tell he was really nervous. Anyway, it was the smallest room. Mm-hmm. I was already bummed. I was there because I just wanted to end on fire. Well, yeah. 
I want to say that talk changed my life because he was talking about making it a conversion rather than an experience this weekend, because we go back to real life and it's, it's so hard whenever your friends didn't experience that. And it's so, it's super, it's so weird coming back to the real world and you just lose sight so easily. Not, not like by, you don't mean to, it's just, you get stressed with things and homework and, you know, all these different yeah, there's areas. a lot that just comes in to distract us and like yeah, totally yeah, pulls our attention. It re- reminds me of, for anyone listening that maybe went to camp growing up. I don't know if you went to camp, but it was yes, like yes, similar. Exactly. You kind of have this like yeah. nail in the head, nail in the head. You come back and you're on fire for three days, and then yeah, things just take a turn. Now, uh-huh. And it's not your, it's not our fault. It's just he in that talk, he basically gave us tools to prepare to go out into the real world and how to maintain this lifestyle. Cause this is not just like a once in a lifetime experience. I can feel like this every day for the rest of my life. And he just gave me a list of things that I have to do to do this. And I was very determined. And I mean, it's brought me here today. So after that, I remember he even said, I was thinking things as as I was thinking it, he was saying it. Like I was thinking, okay, what if, my friends don't think this is, what do my friends think it's weird? And he would say, and if your friends think this is weird, what? do blah, blah, blah. I, I'm telling you, it was, so that cool. talk was for me. I know he was there for me. And yeah. anyway, I remember I saw, I wish I had that notebook. It's in my room, but nice. I had this little notebook that my friend that had the Bible study gave me. And I remember writing and I started with that. And it's just crazy how much he has given me because I did that, like he just, that small little inch that I took, he has just given me a hundred timefold. Wow. That's so cool. So yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And of course, would love to hear kind of your transition out of college into now being in kind of the dance team director world. And then also what does it look like? Like you said, coming out of kind of that, like mountaintop experience maybe and like how do you and how are you seeing your faith lived out day to day in your work yes totally which is it's easier said than done um and there's a lot of times I feel miserably at it but Mm -hmm. I would like to say coming back finding my community has been the core like Mm -hmm. that and prayer I would say those are the two most important things that have anchored me. And, you know, it's again, harder said than done. So there's a lot of times that you forget to pray because you're busy, blah, 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 blah. But I can tell very easily whenever I'm grounded in those two things, it's just crazy how my day shifts like 180. And so I have a lot of, I have like a group of friends here that are just, if you think I'm in love with the Lord, these girls are like, I mean, the fire burn you. Like yeah. it is just so contagious and they just have kept me. I mean, every time I just want to turn left, they just kind of pull me back, you know, mm-hmm. and my family too. Like I think back when I just thank my mom so much for always dragging me to church. And that was the best thing she could have done for me because now she's the one that always reminds me to go back to him. So mm-hmm. that has been such a beautiful experience to just lean on my community whenever, you know, we go through hardships mm-hmm. and prayer as well. And it's, it takes time. I definitely had to like, no one told me how to pray. I feel like no one tells you how to pray. And I always asked and I never heard back, you know, like you always pray for X, Y, and Z. Okay. Done with prayer until I realized that prayer was actually a relationship with the Lord. And it's more of a friendship 
Right. And it's more of a, he's walking with you in this life rather than me asking. Like, it's just more personal. And so that radically changed my life. And so coming into, I did marketing. Yeah. So how did you get into that? Was it, was that your major originally? So I did communications as my major and my minor was graphic design. It was new media, which is graphic design. And so right out of like my last semester, I did an internship at a consulting company and then they hired me. Oh, cool. Okay. So right off the bat, like as I finished my internship, they kind of hired me full time and I just, that's the next thing you do, you know? And so, which was such a God thing because I think it, it just laid the foundation. I was really involved at the church at my college Mm -hmm. in College Station and the marketing firm was in College Station. So I was still able to get involved. And I think that was just kind of like laying the foundation out, just like finishing out the foundation for me to go out, to go back to Houston or whatever. Which is super important because yeah, then when you, when everything changes and you're like, where am I? This place, it helps to have that, that foundation already laid. Yeah, for sure. Correct. Correct. And so from there, I went to Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, I did marketing for one year and I loved it. I think it was, it was so fun. My roommate and best friend was also in marketing. So that was, we were in it together. We worked together. So that was so yes, fun. That is fun. Um, yes. And I think I really missed it. I really missed dance. And so I think it came a point where I was like, what do I want to do? I think I just had to weigh my options and I was like, I'm going back to dance. And it was actually December. So I had to wait, like, I thought I had to wait six months because you know how you have to do like a whole school year. Right. Well, the assistant at Dickinson had to leave. Um, Her husband got a job somewhere else. And so it opened halfway through the year. And it just seems like so fast and it would, again, how God works. It's just, everything was working out. Everything just kind of fell into place. And I ended up getting the job at Dickinson. Cool. And I don't yeah. even have my teaching certification, nothing. Gotcha. And okay. They were like, they were like, did they bring you in and you had to do kind of the stuff on the side to get it? Yes. Done? Yeah. Okay. Like I was a substitute for like, I think 15 days of okay. my first days at Dickinson. And then I have my certification and then it's like the program that you have to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it just, it all worked out. I didn't even know if they were going to hire me. They ended up doing it. And I worked with Kimberly, which she was great. And I was there for eight weeks. And again, those eight weeks, crucial, so important in my life. Like, I don't think I'll ever forget my eight weeks there. Mm. So many things happened and it was a title one school too. So it was so beautiful. Like the ministry aspect of it. It was just so, if you gave 10, you received a hundred. Like that was Mm. just kind of the program. And so I was there for eight weeks, COVID hit. And I think I had it. I think I, you know, whenever you switch jobs, there's a lot of change that goes on there. And so I had to think about spiritually where I was. Mm -hmm. And so how how do I say this? I'm trying to like make sense, Mm -hmm. but I think at first I had like an identity crisis a little bit. I was in a different community. I had a different church. It's not my routine of like, I finish at five and then I go pray and then I go to church and then you know what I mean and I have practice and then we have contests on the weekends and so a lot of things changed for me and so I think for a minute there I was a little Mm -hmm. what do I do what is this but then I lean my community again Barb's where are you going where are you yeah what is life giving to you you gotta come back get poured into and then you pour out like that Mm -hmm. and so I would definitely say my community had a big impact on me like adapting to this new dance world and then from there, I think 
there's a lot of things that happened at Dickinson. Again, there were, I think I was there for a very specific reason, things that I've never heard any director go through mm. in sense of like, there was a death on the team. Like it was just kind of crazy how, and I was really close with the girl and I'm so friend, you know, like I'm still kind of close with her. And so I think I was just really close to him in one way. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I went to Tombaugh Memorial, I was already close to him in this new transition. And that kind of helped mm-hmm. kind of lay the foundation out in my vocation as a teacher. Right. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yes, but you are for sure. My vocation as a teacher, I think, got established in Dickinson. That makes sense. In yeah. those eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I came to Tom Memorial, I think I kind of had watered that seed at Dickinson. And so then it was kind of able to let it grow mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, yeah, with grace and stuff. So That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, it is neat. I think when we step back and we look at things from more of that, like, eternal perspective of, okay, how is God moving and working here? And sometimes things on the surface may not exactly make sense, but then when you really like just look at it from a different angle of like, okay, yeah, God had me here for a reason. And yes, yes, exactly. Even though sometimes life is a little crazy. (laughs) He does not skip a beat. I'm telling you, he knows what he's doing. I'll say that. (laughs) Yes, for sure. I love, so, you know, we kind of do like a little pre-interview form or whatever, but one of the things that that you said, and I've seen you say this on social media too, is just the idea of like one small yes is all that he needs. And Mm -hmm. I love that thought. So do you want to expand on that a little bit and how you've seen that in your life? I would love to. It's my whole journey. That's like, I feel like at the bottom of the line, if I were to explain my faith journey, it's my small yes, Mm -hmm. because I didn't know anything. I didn't know much about the Bible. I didn't, you know, even if they drag you to church and Mm -hmm. Sunday school and whatever, I still didn't know anything. I was just there by my mom's will. And mm-hmm. I mean, whenever I decided to take that small yes, that little leap of faith, he gave, I mean, I, it's just a secret, like from retrospect again, like looking back just to see what he has done in my life. Yeah. To think that was me four years ago blows my mind. I feel like this is a whole other lifetime yeah. that I've lived with him. Like if you were to read that journal, I mean, really, you would be shocked shocked to see how he has the depth of our friendship Mm -hmm. with the lord has just multiplied by thousands with that i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know and he didn't need me to know you know i always use this analogy of um and a friend actually told me this i'm not making this up i can't give myself that credit (laughs) i always feel like there's it's dark and he's right behind he's right in front of me with a light yeah. And we don't have to see at the end of the line. It's too scary, right? Like I'll back out if I see all I have to go through, but he's just right in front of me with that little light. We're just taking one step at a time, you know? Yes. And it's just the yes of going. It's just the me saying yes of going with him. And then he kind of does the work. Like he does the rest. Right. And he already fought the fight for me. And he he's just slow and steady wants to race, mm-hmm. you know? Super cool. Yes. I love so. that picture as well of kind of that one step at a time. And yeah, yeah, I think it's true that we would get overwhelmed if we knew everything. Yes. Even though we, we yes. want to know everything, we're like, yeah, God, tell me, what is the yes. plan? No, I would <laughs> definitely run away if I know all the suffering that's ahead, yeah. for sure. Uh-huh. But one step at a time and just the beauty of knowing like he's with us through it. Yes. Whatever we face, like you said, he's right there. So we don't have yes. to be afraid. Yeah. That's right. such a beautiful picture of obedience, I feel like too. And just like, 
taking that next step, saying that small yes after small yes, you know? Little. It literally can be this little. Yes, exactly. For those that are listening and can't see, we're doing like little teeny, like teeny tiny pinch of face and yes (laughs) what does it say in scripture a mustard seed yes little you can move mountains guys move mountains (laughs) exactly there's this new song i just heard that our church is saying that and i don't know if it's actually new or if i just heard it for the first time (laughs) but it's called more than able by elevation worship and it's just so good more than wait what is it called i'm gonna look it up yeah more than able i'll have to listen to that i'm just gonna favorite it and I'll have to listen to that one. Yes. It just reminded me of that because they talk about like God being more than able, but also the idea of like with all the faith in the room, you know, what it's amazing. Like what could God do kind of thing? Like oh, anyway, yes. it's a very faith building song. It's really, really good. Oh, awesome. <laughs> have to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Side note. So that's super awesome. I just love that with like obedience. And then I feel like a huge part of your transformation journey has to do with identity as well. And yeah, I just coming to understand your identity more fully. So mm-hmm. what's your understanding of identity now? Yeah. So I think even the first fall, if you look back in Genesis, the first fall is because they questioned their identity mm. made in the image of likeness of God. And that's why they fall. And so I think a lot of the times, even me, a sinner, the reason why I fall is because I question my goodness. And being a daughter of the king of the universe, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of the times, and especially now, it's easy for me to see my identity in my work. Mm -hmm. Um, And before it was in my friends and before it was in my grades, we always find different ways to see our identity because it's easier, really. I think it's really hard for us to accept that we're made in the image and likeness of God. That is just, it's hard for me to, think that I could be that good, you know? Mm -hmm. And so again, with work, it's easy to see my goodness and my accomplishments. And so to realize that I don't have to do anything and I'm just good just because he made me good is again, life-changing. I was thinking about what you were saying too, about we tend to put our identity in our, well, in different things in work or whatever. And I think it's true because there's that sense of like, accomplishment or being productive or something mm-hmm. like and it may depend yeah. on personality types too but yes no totally yeah. yes <laughs> but that it's easier to feel like worthy maybe if we feel like we've earned it versus yes. realizing all we need to do is just receive and that yes. we're already seen as worthy by God yes yeah. and so that's that's really the truth mm-hmm. the truth is that we're just good and we're just made in the image and likeness of him. And we're supposed to be Christ-like and mm-hmm. we don't have to do anything to, he already paid the cost for it, you know? Right. Yeah. And so I think that's hard for me to, it's hard. It's, it, I feel like it's an ongoing struggle, I think for the rest of my life and I fall and I'm weak and that's, I'm just a beloved daughter. And I think, oh, this is a really good analogy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times my identity really we're childlike to him. Yeah. We're childlike. We are just innocent. And so I want you to think about a baby. I mean, the babies I see, I just love them. I have, yeah. I mean, they can do whatever they want. I don't care. I, it, it doesn't matter how much they pull on my hair. It doesn't matter how much they cry. Mm-hmm. It Nothing matters. I just love this baby. Yes. And I'm so not true. a mom, but I can't imagine having a kid because I know there is nothing you wouldn't do for that kid, no matter what they do. No matter what they do, 
as a mom, you just love this baby. Right. And so I think a lot of the times we forget that identity. Mm-hmm. That I'm just the beloved daughter of Christ. And so it doesn't matter what I do. I can always come back to him. And a lot of the times whenever I do fall, there's just, I just try to turn away. Oh, he must not. Mm-hmm. I'm just so ashamed. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there's just nothing that we could do that will make him turn away. So good. Yes. We've been so. talking about shame, like as part of kind of the sermon series lately. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's so true that we get, that's like one of those tactics that the enemy likes to use is yes. like, yes, put that shame in, you know, that God wouldn't want us to turn to him, but that's like the furthest from the truth. So that's yes, such a good I reminder agree. for sure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I know it's like just some really cool themes that I see in your journey. And I love that that can be an encouragement to anyone that's listening today, you know, and it is like coming back to it day by day. And it's the enemy will think of anything. Uh-huh. The enemy's main goal is to just kind of get in the real, in the way of your relationship with Christ, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And so whether that is insecurity or your past mistakes, you know, with shame, shame is a big one, man, he loves to work in that. So we got to Exactly. Gotta get rid of it. <laughs> I love it. Get, get it out of here. Yes. <laughs> love it. Yes. Well, one of the main reasons that I was like, we need to talk. And now, like, I'd love to have you on the podcast generally, but this is a perfect <laughs> time for it um, because of this Behold retreat that's coming up yes. in August, which we're talking in June. So, and it should be coming out. This episode will probably come out definitely by early July. So there's still a little bit of time for people to sign up if they want to register. But yeah, I'd love to hear the story behind it. When did kind of this vision for the Behold Retreat first come about? Well, I want to say that it was when I first came to Dickinson. Oh, really? Okay. So as I got, so, and I know we talked about this earlier, but my community was kind of the one that kind of reeled me back whenever I did this transition right? Mm -hmm. Like of going from marketing to dance directing. My friends are very involved at church. And so I kind of got involved too, to serve. Mm -hmm. And so I had been going on retreats with them while I was at Dickinson. And so I went on retreats and like right before COVID hit, it was like the retreats that I was going on and they just, I can't put into words what a retreat will do for you, especially Mm -hmm. like when it's focused on the Lord, the most fulfilling thing that you can do is really grow in your relationship with Christ. Personally, I think that's the most fulfilling thing you can do. And so I went on retreats and I was coming back to work and it was just kind of like this, I don't know, it's surreal of like, I just came from like swimming in grace and full of peace. And I want that for everybody. That's kind of like the vibe I got. But again, I was 23 years old. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was always kind of blowing it off a little bit because again, I'm 23 and I see all these directors that are experienced and so successful. And who am I a 23 year old to do this? And so I didn't put much thought of it until I went to TDA. Oh yeah. Uh And so TDA, but this was, I was already with Tomball Memorial whenever I was with TDA, like whenever I went with, cause I was substitute at Dickinson at the beginning. And so then whenever I went to Tom Memorial, I went to TDA and I wanted to, I wanted to do a workshop about integrating the faith with your job mm-hmm. at the very beginning. I was like, we'll just start there. We'll see how it goes. And I kind of reached out 
to TDEA, but I think it was too late in the game. I kind of missed the mark with that. And so I didn't get to do it. Gotcha. And so again, I'm 24 years old. Who am I to mm. do this? But I was keep, I was serving and I, so I serve with high schoolers at my church. Awesome. So okay, I'm cool. still going on retreats and then I go on my, like, there's like a core team retreat that's just for adults. Mm-hmm. And, and really retreats, it's not like this intense. It's seriously just time away from what you usually do to just kind of quiet your soul. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. this intense thing, like, oh, I go on all these retreats because it's not from, it's not about living retreat to retreat, right? But it's just like taking this time to reflect on, yeah, you know, on your faith. And so, and you're yeah, kind of quiets how, those, the noise, yes. it quiets the noise yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so the second year, it was this past year. Uh, okay. TDA. And there was a class about faith. And so I went to that class and I didn't realize the hunger for Jesus. It was packed. Mm. It was packed and we were sitting on the floor and I just, I mean, I just saw this room for hunger. And I think that was when I really was like, I know I'm 25, but there must be something there must be something that we can do where it's not just an hour. It's more than that. And it's yeah. not whenever we're stuck with all these things we have to learn about class and how to be better teachers and how to do, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I think that's really when my fire, I remember just looking around and saying, this needs to be more than an hour. Everyone was just on fire. Yeah. And so that's beautiful. I was really overwhelmed though, because yeah. I'm 25. I don't really know anything about doing business, about venues, and we're during contest season, so it's crazy. True. And yeah. I remember praying about it, and he just kept telling me to rest. Like I feel like in prayer, he was just like, "Rest, just rest. I will take care of it." Well, and yes. so, which is really fun to say now, but I'm sure at the time you're like, "What? Why? Yeah, <laughs> like, don't you want me to do?" And something? he just kept telling me to rest, and yeah. I remember saying. I will rest. I won't like, this is too much work. I won't do it if you don't want me to. I'll be happy to just lay back. But there is a time crunch for us dance directors because we have football season. And then we have, whether it is a clinic or hosting a contest or Christmas Mm -hmm. show. And then we have contest season. And then we have spring show season. And everyone is on different weekends. So really, I have to do it this summer. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me to rest and it's February. And I've got a time crunch here, you know? (laughs) And so it's so funny how little things just kept coming. Like, so he told me to rest and that's where we were at, like at the beginning of February, because I was praying all since TDA, I was just on fire and I was talking to my direct. So my high school director, I'm so really close with, Mm -hmm. and I wanted it. And I was telling her and she's like, you should do it. She was really encouraging me to, but I just didn't even know where to start. There's just a lot in I was getting logistics. really overwhelmed, yeah, not peaceful. And I know I, what I do know is that he's not, he's in the peace and I wasn't peaceful about the decision. Mm, that's and a good, so a good word right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so I just peace. decided to rest. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that, so this happened in February. And cool. so what happened? There was little things. I just kept this file of little things that kept happening. And I just put it, I just take note to self. That's what I would do. And so I found this Airbnb and it was in Fredericksburg at first and it was for 20 people. And so, you know, I was like, oh, maybe it could be in Fredericksburg. You know, directors were a little, 
little bougie, I like to say. We're a little <laughs> elite. So it's not uh-huh. like we could go to like a bunk bed retreat site, you know? So <laughs> it's like, this would work. This would be good. But it's just 20 people. There's no, there's no more houses of more than 20. And so I would think the team would be too small. Mm-hmm. Like it would just be one small group. And then because the, I had to bring a team with me. So yeah. it, it was just not clicking. And then I found one across the street of another 20. And I was like, okay, maybe that's cool. Mm-hmm. But then how do I divide the people? Where do we do the sessions again? So I was just note to self. I was just kind of keeping it in my file, keeping it in my file. And I remember talking. So I know someone that does retreats. And I was planning to reach out to her eventually, whenever this was going to go in the works. And I was thinking about reaching out to her that week. It must have been the middle of February. And I was thinking about reaching out to her and she texted me. I had not talked to her in a year. Wow. And cool. she texted me that week uh-huh. and said, hey, I'm thinking about you. I miss you and I'm praying for you. And so I kind of was like, note to self. You know, I was just putting all these things in my file. And so I asked if I could just talk to her just to kind of see, just check up, you know, catch up. And so she said the following week, like, we'll just meet in a week because I'm busy this week, whatever. Well, we go to a contest and at this contest, I see, you know, it's like a big reunion for directors. And I remember we were in the lunch in the director lounge Uh and one of the directors said, we just need like a retreat or something. I mean, she literally said the words retreat. That's so cool. Yes. And I was like, (laughs) like, okay, this is it. Like, and it just... Note to self, and the, my file was getting too big. I was like, I had to do something about it. And he was giving me the tools to where I don't feel overwhelmed anymore, mm-hmm. you know, because there's the whole thing of, will people not come? Will people think I'm crazy? Is this too much? And so the file was just getting too big. And so then I was like, okay, maybe I really do need to talk to my friend who does retreats. And so the next week I talked to her, and she just, I was talking to her, telling her what I wanted to do, and she kind of stopped me mid sentence. And she said, Barb's, I've never heard you. You're so passionate. What? I'm just going to stop you right there and tell you to do it. Like, we're just mm. going to do it. And I'm just going to work with you. Wow. And so that was kind of like my final straw. Yeah. Like, okay, we're going to try to figure this out. And then she said, I want you. She told me, I want you to do something about this retreat this week. One small yes. Remember, because one small yes, he will multiply it. Mm, so, so good. I said, okay, one small yes. And so I looked at the at another Airbnb. I said for 40 plus people at an Airbnb. And I found, and that was like, so I talked to her. And then the next day I did something about it because that was my assignment, okay? To just do something about that retreat. Yeah. And so, and I was just looking and I found this Airbnb for 40 people, but it was like a three night minimum. Yeah. And it was over $14,000. And this was all out of pocket. (laughs) So there was just no way. There was just no way I could do that. And, you know, not knowing. I hadn't told anybody. I I didn't even know if it was going to turn out good. And it wasn't refundable. So I was like, I can't. I can do that. But I messaged him. I messaged the host. And I said, God, if if you really want this to happen, make it clear. Because this is a lot of work and I'm getting freaked out. But this is like the last straw for you to say no. And so I messaged the host of the Airbnb and I kind of told him what I was up to. And yeah. if he could just make an excuse for me, because he said in the description, he said three night minimum, please don't message like very specific about mm-hmm. three night minimum for 
I don't know, for whatever their policy is. And so I messaged him and within the hour, he messaged me and said, totally believe in what you're doing. It's adjusted. Go for it. Wow. So right then and there, I booked it and things have just been trickling in since. But that was kind of like the first jump. Like that was like the first, I'm doing it. I I have to. He literally made an exception for me. So that's incredible. That's kind of my yes. And so, and everything has been trickling in with advice. And my dad's an accountant. So he has been helping me financially with like collecting payment, you know, and all that good stuff. But yes, all the detail stuff that. (laughs) Yes. But that was kind of like the big jump. Wow. That was the determining factor, I would say. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. That moment of like, oh. we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it wasn't $14,000 because that was a three night minimum. So okay, it was gotcha. good. That's good. That's but, good. Yes. <laughs> still can, still a good bit of money up front though. And just knowing like, yes. All right, God, taking that step of faith. And yes, that's the the beautiful thing is that he doesn't, he doesn't have a limit. So like, yeah. Anyway, it's just, crazy how he provides. It's great. I, he has provided in every way in every way, financially, with support, with people that know what they're doing in regards to retreats, with speakers. I mean, so cool. it is crazy how he has provided. I really am just kind of putting it together and he's doing all the heavy lifting. Love it. Yes. Yeah. You're just kind of like facilitating. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is all I can say. I cannot take credit for this. So cool. I love that. Well, I just love hearing that story and it's super faith building and I can't wait to see all that God has in store for that weekend. And I would love, I know you kind of already talked about like just the power of a retreat in your life, that first one. And then through, you know, over the years, I just would love to share with people if they're interested in doing this, because probably a good number of listeners are dancers or dance teachers. Yes. And maybe in Texas, because that's where I am. So where we are. (laughs) So if you are a dance teacher in Texas, a dance director, and you're interested in being part of Behold 2023, um, what is, you know, kind of what they could expect that weekend? Yes. So, and also, do you want to give us the dates too? Sorry, I haven't really said the date. The date, Yeah. So it's August 11th through 13th. So it'll be like Friday night through Sunday morning. Cool. And if you're not a dance director, I definitely encourage you to like find a retreat in your church or something because... I think retreats in general are just a great time to reconnect and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, tune yourself into what really matters. And so mm-hmm. if you're not a dance director, there's still retreats out there for you. I promise. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're not excluding you. <laughs> it's all good. But the retreat, it's very much based on our identity because I think that's very important. And I think it's so easily personally to lose track of it. And so I kind of am taking my personal experience and kind of projecting it to this retreat. But my main goal, and I would say my only goal is for you to know the Lord a little bit more than what you came in knowing him. So, and the reason it's for dance directors is so we all go back and it really has nothing to do with dance, to be completely honest. And it's not, I'm not going to say anything about how to be a better coach how to clean I mean I'm I don't know (laughs) but what I do know is that he he wants you to be close to him he does want that I know I know that for sure and so I think it would be really cool for us to all take a step together towards the cross and then go back and 
I have seen this in my life. Whenever I go back, it's just so easy for me to pour into my kids. It's so easy. And I see so evidently how much it bears fruit. It's so, uh, it's undeniable. And I know it's not me. But in order for me to know it's not me, I have to take time away and kind of really see that he is close and believe that I am his. And so hopefully this retreat will be a time for you to also kind of take a step closer and know him better and be in community and all the good things. I know I'm not really sure to be completely honest, he will work wonders. I, what those are, I will tell you after. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we need to do a follow up. I don't, I know he'll surpass my expectations. I do know that. Yes. So, so true. He's a mighty one. Yeah. That'll be so good. And such a beautiful vision as far as like just the multiplication effect of each of those directors then going back Mm -hmm. and, you know, most directors not only have dance team, but all their dance classes. So that's like over a hundred students, probably, you know, 150, 200. So just a really cool impact. And then I always like to say it's kind of a ripple effect because then those lives that you're touching, God's going to use them to touch other people, you know? Yeah. It's discipleship. Exactly. Which we'll be talking about our retreat directors. Discipleship is so important and you're such a big part of it. Yes. So (laughs) true. I mean, I'm a part of, like, I would say I am clear proof of discipleship. My director, I'm telling, okay, because I said I was not necessarily the drill team girl. I really wasn't. Yeah. But my director was, so, I was supposed to get kicked off, I think. Oh, wow. Talk to my director. Yeah. I was just, I had too many demerits <laughs> because I came from California. I didn't know this drill team world, yes. but my director, I mean, truly showed me mercy, like real mercy. And she was so patient with me. And I don't think those virtues came from her alone. I really don't think so. I think it must've been an angel really whispering in her ear, like yeah. take this girl in. She really, you know, and so mm-hmm. she showed me mercy and patience. And like, I have carried that in my journey. And like, whenever there's a kid that I have that maybe needs consequences, for, I remember like the way she was merciful. And I kind of carry that in my vocation as a teacher. And I see that kind of change our relationship, like the relationship between me and the student. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm merciful or patient, I see that change. And it's not really at the end of the day, like 1% of our dancers dance after exactly. high school, yeah. right? But that growth is what changes it for them. Mm-hmm. Like it's like what makes it click for them. And it has been so beautiful. And that's all discipleship. My director started that with me. Yeah. And I have tried to implement that with my kids. And then I know a lot of the kids that I have are going to carry that out. I have seen them because I, a lot of them, I, they're now like juniors in college Mm -hmm. and I have seen them get baptized and I've seen them. It's just crazy. The fruit it bears. Yeah. Discipleship. That's incredible. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful. And that's the most fulfilling thing as a teacher. It is. That's sure. true. For and sure. I think everyone would agree mm-hmm. that the most fulfilling thing is to see our kids graduate and change the world. Yeah, so. exactly. And yeah, that it's so much more than whatever the subject is or, you know, even yes. if people aren't teachers, but in their workplace, you know, there is yes. the work and that's important, but it's like what is underneath the work and like what transformation is happening. Yeah. Yes. So good. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's going to be such an awesome time. So I will definitely link to everything in the show notes. So people, if they want, can go there and we'll talk at the end as well, like the best place to reach out to you. But I like to ask everyone that comes on the show, what is something that you would like to share with other artists right now? 
hard question. That's a, that's a, like, there's a lot I want to share, yeah. uh, but I would say finding the why. And it's so cool that I'm passionate about the arts. It's so cool, but there's a deeper why than just me liking dance. Mm-hmm. So I think finding the why to that will always trickle down to what really matters. Love that. So. It's super good. Yes. And then just for fun, what is one of your favorite things right now? Well, I am, <laughs> listen, this is what I'm really into. I got a Southwest credit card. Nice. So I've been getting a lot of points and I'm just traveling this summer. <laughs> I love it. That's so fun. So where, where are some of the places that you're going? So I am going to Colorado. Nice. Hiking. I love hiking. Yeah. I'm a natural, um, what's it called? Not, I didn't used to like hiking, but whenever you get to the top, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going hiking. I'm in like my wedding season era. I'm not getting married, but all my friends are. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, where I'm traveling. All the different I'm weddings. Just, I love, yeah. I think the most grown up thing I like doing right now is buying a plane ticket with Miles. I just feel <laughs> so adult. <laughs> I love that so much. Yes. So that's what I'm up to this summer. <laughs> so fun. And that's a great way to just like Unplug and do something different too, which is really good. Very refreshing, definitely. (laughs) And Colorado (laughs) will hopefully be a good bit cooler than Houston right now. So it's It's so hot. Yeah. This week is all like over 100 degrees. So, (laughs) and it says it feels like 113. Yeah. So, which is just kind of not good. No. Like, I, I hurt for people. Exactly. So, exactly. Like, I know we're like building girls get ready. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I hope this goes away. This heat wave because yeah, it gets rough out there on the parking lot. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I always was like the most tan during marching season or like the football season. <laughs> I know it's like September comes. So. Uh-huh. so fun. Well, I love that answer. That's a great one. <laughs> so yes. Okay. How can people one connect with you and then also maybe learn more about the behold retreat and potentially get registered if they're interested? Yes, of course. Really. The only way I'm, I have advertised it is through social media. So because of this out of pocket, I don't really have a website or platform yeah, makes to sense. go to, but I do have a Facebook and an Instagram and it is linked there. So hopefully, and I think it's pinned, so it should be at the very top. Perfect. And hopefully you're able to find it pretty easily. And there's a Google form. And from there, I manually email you. I feel like old school, just explaining this to you. But <laughs> I take care of the rest. Once nice. you register, you don't have to worry it's about concierge it. service. It's like taking yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> it's catered individually. Okay. <laughs> That's what it's about. <laughs> love it that's perfect yeah well I'll link to your social sites and maybe even directly to the google form if anyone's interested I can put yes, that on there of okay. course I would love to yes perfect be awesome. yay well Barb's this has been such a gift to get to spend this time with you and I love getting to hear more about your journey just personally and then I cannot wait to hear and hopefully I'm hoping I can make it to the retreat but whether I'm there in person or here afterwards I cannot wait to Frank see what God does yes Oh, Rachel, I would love to have you. You have a sneak peek and the people listening have a sneak peek for sure. Yes, definitely. But he will will so surprise you. Yeah. Even though that's not shocking to hear, he will surprise you. Mm -hmm. So I really hope you can make it. And anyone that's out there thinking about it, I also hope you can make it. And again, small yes, that's all he needs. Yes, love that. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. I really enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, thank you.
all the links, full show notes, and additional resources on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, some great ways to do that are to share it with a friend, to rate and review wherever you're listening. And then also, if you're interested in giving financially, you can check out our Patreon community where you get bonus content each month and have a special part in helping make this podcast possible. You can access our Patreon community on the link at our website or by going to creativeimpactpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thank you all so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Until next time, remember that you were designed to create. You were made to inspire. Continue living with purpose and making an impact. I'll see you next time, friends.